a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From discussions on how to fill the vacancy on the Supreme Court as Justice Breyer announced his resignation to Russia blaming the United States for the conflict in Ukraine. Been a busy day on Capitol Hill and our nation's capital as well as it has here in the state of Utah. But I want to dig into a couple of things that have been playing out during the course of the day today, just to give you a little update, a little perspective in terms of what's happening and what comes next uh, as we move into a very busy season. If you missed earlier in the program, uh, we started to go through the laundry list, this massive to-do list that Congress has over the next couple of weeks, and really questioning whether it's a a to-do list that's doable or whether it's just a uh, backlog, backup, and, and breakdown in the making uh, that's just going to lead to absolutely nothing getting done per usual uh, in Washington, especially in a midterm election year. So I want to get through a couple of these, and just give you some perspective there. So today we know that President Joe Biden uh, met with the vice president as well as the Senate Judiciary Committee leaders. Uh, that's Senator Dick Durbin from Illinois and Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa. And I think Senator Grassley is still the only one on the Judiciary Committee that's not a lawyer or has a law degree. I mean, Ben Sass does not have a law degree either. Uh, they're both on there. Uh, but they sat down to discuss the Supreme Court vacancy. President Biden said in the midst of that meeting that he had a list of characteristics he was looking for in a potential nominee. What I'm looking for is a candidate with character, with the qualities uh, of, uh, of uh, a judge in terms of being courteous to the folks before them and treating people with respect, as well as a judicial philosophy that is more one that suggests that there are unenumerated rights in the Constitution, and uh, all the amendments mean something, including the Ninth Amendment. And uh, But I intend to take this decision, make this decision, and get it to my colleagues uh, by, uh, by the end of the month. That's my hope. Uh, so, again, it's uh, been something we we know is coming. The president's committed to do that by the end of the month. Uh, he focused today uh, not on the color and gender, uh, the race and gender issues as it relates to those potential nominees, but on the qualities, the character, um, the things that uh, the judicial philosophy, which are all things that should be that should be at the center of these conversations. So it'll be very interesting to see how the president plays this out next. Uh, we know that vetting process is well underway. I think it's been underway for quite some time now. And the president, uh, knowing who he was looking at, uh, I think probably helped in this process by allowing the administration to get some of that vetting done before they make an announcement. And I think that will help narrow that field uh, of candidates more quickly. Uh, And it should also cause things to move through a little quicker uh, in the United States Senate as well in terms of uh, confirming that nominee to the Supreme Court. 
Uh, also, uh, looking at what's happening in Washington and what's happening around the country related to politics, uh, we know that in a speech over the weekend in Texas, former President Donald Trump said that he would pardon some of the January 6th rioters if he was elected president in 2024. Uh, we talked about that in terms of uh, I don't think there's a snowball's chance in Guam uh, that that's going to play out. Uh, because I don't think the former president will run. If he did run, I do not think that he would survive a Republican primary. And if he survived the Republican primary, I don't think he would win in the general election. Uh, so the chances of pardons happening uh, just doesn't seem to be in the realm of possibility. So we're, we're trying not to go deep on that uh, because we don't want to reward bad behavior. Uh, Mitch McConnell told reporters today as the Senate minority leader for the Republicans uh, he said that he absolutely would not support uh, what the former president laid out over the weekend. 165 have pleaded guilty to criminal behavior. My view is I would not be in favor of shortening any of the sentences for any of the people who pleaded guilty to crimes. Uh, so I think that's an important thing. 165 of those have pleaded have pleaded guilty to criminal behavior. Uh, So if we really believe in the intent and purpose of a presidential pardon, uh, those who have admitted guilt, uh, that doesn't seem to be part of the equation. Uh, So that's an interesting thing to look at. But again, I I think that's a snowball's chance in Guam uh, of any of that playing out. So we're going to validate that that happened, that that was said, and now we're going to move on uh, to different conversations that I think are more important, uh, more critical. Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin met with the Hungarian prime minister today, And during a joint press conference following the meeting, Putin accused the United States and its allies of trying to goad Russia into a conflict with Ukraine. Their main job is to deter the development of Russia, to hinder the development of Russia. And in this sense, Ukraine is just a tool. You can do it in various ways. You can drag us into some kind of military conflict, armed conflict, and by using their allies in Europe to impose these hardline sanctions against us that the United States is talking about. Or they can drag Ukraine into NATO. They can deploy their strike weapons and instigate some kind of thunder militants to return Donbass or Crimea with force and thus dragging us into armed conflict again. Uh, So a very interesting tale being told by Vladimir Putin. That was his voice and then, of course, the voice of his interpreter, Uh, as he had that joint press conference with the Hungarian prime minister today. And so you can you can tell that the uh, the narrative inside of Russia and in uh, many of those former Soviet republics is that, hey, this is this is about the U.S. trying to drag Russia uh, into an armed conflict. Uh, Very interesting narrative. And I think what uh, President Putin is trying to do is strengthen his position at home, uh, convince the people that it's us against the world. And it's especially the Russian people against the awful American interests. Uh, And so that's clearly the the narrative that Vladimir Putin is spinning and trying to convince uh, those in Russia to buy into. So also interesting as you look at the conversations and some of the reporting that's been going on along the uh, border there in Ukraine uh, is that the, the people in Ukraine don't seem to be as nervous about the invasion part of the program as they are a lot of the other issues. 
Ukraine uh, president this week told the the West to just calm down, uh, to to not be hysterical, uh, to not flail, uh, because that hurts Ukraine. Mostly it hurts because global businesses that have been investing in this little democracy, this little fledgling thing that still has a lot of oligarchs and still has a lot of problems and a lot of corruption. But if you start pulling out the investment, if you start pulling out the opportunities for Ukrainian people to start businesses, to be entrepreneurs, to start having some upward mobility, if you take that away, then Russia's in a far better place, a far stronger place. And so I think this is where diplomacy comes in. I think this is where strategic communication comes in. And it's going to be an interesting area to see what the administration is able to do, what message they are able to craft, and how well they can influence our allies in the region, our NATO allies, the UN, to say, look, let's not validate bad behavior. It's sort of, va- it's sort of uh, validate bad behavior day is sort of what we're getting at today, uh, whether that's former President Trump, whether that's what's going on with Vladimir Putin and his positioning, uh, whether it's all the antics on both sides of the aisle uh, when it comes to trying to convince us that we're too divided as a country. Let's not reward bad behavior today. If we could do that for just a day, I think that would change the dynamics a little bit. Uh, finally, I want to get to this real quickly. Lawmakers with the Senate Help Committee uh, heard from mental health experts and advocates about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected many people's mental health. I think this is such a vital conversation. One of the witnesses today was Claire Reiner, uh, a mental health and youth advocate in Alaska. Uh, she told lawmakers that she was in crisis and uh, was actually harming herself, but didn't know how to access the care that she needed. Listen close to this. No one bullied me or neglected me. From an external perspective, my life was perfect. But mental health was never discussed at school, at home, or even in my health classes beyond the take care of yourself, get sleep, eat well, and exercise spiel. That's really important. It's something we've been trying to do on this show and here at KSL News Radio and with the partners uh, in our building and uh, around the state that we've got to engage in these conversations. It isn't enough to just say, you know, you got to buck up. This is the new normal. Take care of yourself. Get some vitamin D and, and exercise. Uh, that is not sufficient. And we do need to weigh in and we do need to think deeper. We do need to have better conversations about mental health. And remind everyone of the uh, Help UT app. Uh, and as always, if you are in crisis or thinking of harming yourself or know someone who's in that dark place, reach out now. All right, we're going to step aside for a bottom of the hour news. When we come back, uh, we are going to pick up the conversation. Quarterback Tom Brady announced his retirement. Scott Mitchell's going to look at it, not just from football. We're going to talk leadership legacy coming up next. Stay with us. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.